1 Corinthians chapter number 12. I want to continue our thought from this morning. We took notice this morning to that aspect of the church that's called the body of Christ. Now let's rehearse for a little bit, okay? Uh, when, when talking about the church in the Bible, we are really first introduced to it with the words of Jesus, right? Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel, the 16th chapter, the 18th verse. Anybody know what he said? Jesus speaking. He said to Peter, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock. What are you saying? I will build my church, right? Jesus promised he would. And uh, we believe that upon those words, the church was conceived. The thought of the church was conceived. It wasn't born, didn't come to existence to the day of Pentecost, right? When the Holy Spirit of God came, right? All the disciples were in a certain place, certain time, church was given birth. Correct? Are you with me? And so when you look into the scriptures, you know, you, you look at the church and it becomes so vast. And I think it's really important for us to understand the concept of, of the Bible when the biblical perspective on the church. And we broke it down this way. We believe that the Bible, the New Testament teaches this about the church. First and foremost, it's the body of Christ. And then secondly, it's a local assembly. We talk about church, this is what you think of, right? You think about gathering here, 1073 New Brooklyn Road, Williamstown, New Jersey, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and whenever else we can. That's what you think about when you think about church. You're a part of this local assembly. But in the larger sense, we are a member of his body. Correct? And that's what Paul was alluding to in this text of Scripture. We won't go back and read all the verses. This morning we went and studied from verse 12 down to verse 27. Right? And Paul kind of gives an analogy, a comparison between the physical body, the human body, in the body of Christ. And here he says several times in this text that the, you know, the, the church is, you know, many members but one body, just like our body. Right? We're made up of all kinds of stuff, aren't we? Fearfully, wonderfully made. And but we're all, we're just one body. Paul says the church is just like that, but we're called the body of Christ. And what I said this morning was this, in the middle of the message, I said verses 12 down through verse, well, the end of the chapter, really verse 31, but where we stopped was verse 27, is just overflow from discussion found in verses 1 through 7. And so that's what I want to tackle for us tonight, verses 1 through 7. And I want to give you something very practical before we, we dismiss out of here tonight, and I think it will be a help for many of us. But let, let's dig in here. Let's look at chapter number 12 and beginning in verse number 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts... Notice what he says, I would not have you to be ignorant, right? Now, now walk this back with me for a second. Paul is writing this letter to the church in Corinth, right? This is 1 Corinthians, or as Donald Trump would say, what, what, what do you call it, 1 Corinthians? Man, wait, you, you just don't like to participate, do you? You just sit there. You remember when Trump was running and he used 1 Corinthians? Did he call it 1 Corinthians? No? All right. I guess you don't pay attention to anything. Now I'm not going to bring anything up anymore. You'd like to discourage me. Anyway, he's writing this letter, and basically, if you studied it, 
it's, a, it's just a big correction. He's just trying to correct all these false notions. They had a whole lot going on, you know, that was just faulty. And so here in this text, he says, uh, go back to chapter, go back to chapter number seven. Look what he says. Now, concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me. And so they, they even wrote to Paul and, and, and asked him for some, some counsel, some guidance, some understanding on things. Here, I like what he says in verse 1 of chapter number 7. Uh, he, said, he said, now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it's good for a man not to touch a woman. Ooh, that's a whole other message in and of itself. You want me to preach that one? I have to get the teenagers in here for that. But in chapter 12, verse number 1, concerning spiritual gifts. And so he's, he's uh, one thing after the other, he's dealing with these matters that they had jumbled up, you know. And here it appears as if they were putting one gift over another gift. You know, when you break down spiritual gifts, you know, they're broken down in all different kind of categories. And it appears the church in Corinth was kind of mm, putting uh, speaking gifts and sign gifts over serving gifts. And so they had it all messed up. So Paul writes in verse number one, and he says, I, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. Are you with me? And, and if you go on down, verse four, five, and six, in our, in our Bibles, it uses three D words. Look at verse number four. Now there are diversities of gifts, verse five. There are differences of administration, verse six. There are diversities of operation. I promise you, you can use the word different there and not mess up the flow of that text. Because all those three words really basically mean that they're different. These are different. And so in verse number four, he's saying this, Paul's saying this, there's different types of gifts. He's writing to the church in Corinth. He's trying to give them a good understanding of spiritual gifts. And this is going to help you in a moment. He says there's different types of gifts. Not everybody has the same gifts. Right? There's a whole host of different gifts. And then he says in verse number uh, 5, uh, there's different ways to serve or different ways to minister. Look at verse number 5. He talks about in verse number 5, and there are differences of administration. Right? And so there's different types of gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us, and there's different types of service or ministries. And then in verse number six, he talks about diversities of operation. That just means this, he, there's different abilities that God gives us to use these gifts. Now, if you read it that way, like I just explained it, here's what happens. The Holy Spirit of God, like we said this morning, gives each of us a spiritual gift, different gifts, right, that we use in different ways, right, and God gives us the ability to use that gift. So he doesn't gift us and just leave us out to wonder how to use it. He gifts us and then he enables us to use that spiritual gift. Are you with me? And so when, when Paul begins to speak here, he, he's talking to this church and trying to correct their faulty thinking. He says in verse number seven, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And so in essence, what he's saying is every person, every person, every believer gets a spiritual gift. And so if you're saved, if you're born again, you have a spiritual gift. And then he says this in verse number 9, uh, verse number 11, I'm sorry. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So now this is how this comes together. If I tie this together with our message this morning, when you get saved, we are placed into the body of Christ. 
Right? Remember we talked about that this morning? We're placed into the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit of God baptizes us. Or play, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. We looked at that this morning. Right? We're placed into the body of Christ. And then He begins to do His work in us. He indwells us. Right? Holy Spirit takes up residence in us. Isn't that awesome? Right? He lives in us. And at the same time, not only does He indwell us, but He begins to do other works in us. He seals us so that way we can never lose our salvation. Once saved, always saved. Right? Um, He indwells us. He seals us. um, He fills us. Now, the filling comes and goes. The filling of the Holy Spirit is His control in your life, and you're only filled by the measure that you allow Him to fill you. Go like this. That means this, in order to be filled by the Spirit of God, you and I, we need to get out of the way, right? At salvation, we get all the Holy Spirit there is to get. The problem is, He doesn't get all of us. And once we give Him more of us, (laughs) then He can control us. It's called the filling of the Holy Spirit. So, He indwells us, He seals us, He fills us, and He imparts unto us spiritual gifts. So, at salvation, you get a spiritual gift, and here's the kicker with that. You don't get to pick and choose which one you want. Huh? Mm-mm. No. You see what it said in verse number 11? He divides to every man or every believer as he will. So you get the spiritual gift that he believes will fit you the best. Hello. I'm going to say this at the very end of the message tonight, the end of this chat tonight. I'm going to say this. Sometimes we think God calls us to do something extremely hard that we would hate to do. But that's not always the truth. Because the Bible says in in Romans chapter number 12, verse number number 2, you remember where it talks about the will of God as being perfect? Huh? Perfect? You know what I believe that to mean? This is the way I read that. It's where God takes you into consideration and and He custom fits a plan to your life. So that your plan, my plan, different plans, right? He, he took me into consideration. You know, now it's funny because I told you this morning, I failed public speaking. My first sermon was, you know, I thought it was going to be an hour. It was 13 minutes. You know, it was a mess, you know. However, he, he just, he put something in me that he would receive the glory and honor from. I couldn't do it on my own. Are you with me? And so, He fits us with this gift. Now, here's my question to you. And you can be silent. You don't have to. Well, you are silent. You never respond anyway. So, what am I, what am I saying? How many of you know, and it's a threefold question, how many of you know what your spiritual gift is? How many of you know it? Now, here's something I think that's academic. If you don't know what it is, <laughs> then you can't use it, right? Huh? If you know your spiritual gift, have you cultivated it? Have you, have you come to an understanding of how, it, how it's to be used, how it works, and the boundaries that it's to work in? Because every spiritual gift has boundaries. Are you with me? And if you, if you know your spiritual gift and you cultivated it, the final question is this, are you using it for God's glory? 
Are you using your spiritual gift? Remember I said this this morning? I want to show you this because sometimes it's better to see it for yourself. Look in Romans chapter number 12, if you would. Romans chapter number 12. And um, look at, look at, um, talks here about our spiritual gifts. I'm sorry, what do I, I, I want to go to Romans, what verse am I looking for? Romans 14, verse 12, I'm sorry, went to the wrong one. Romans 14, verse 12, look what he says. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Does your Bible say that? Now here at BBC, at OB, OB, I want to BBC, here at OB we use the King James Bible, in all our public readings, teaching, preaching, right? That's where we are. And in my Bible, and I'm not sure what version you have in your lap, but in my Bible it says, every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Right? Let me, let me, let me just share with you how I interpret that. Just surface interpretation. One day I'm going to stand before God and give an answer to Him. Right? For everything He's given me which would include my spiritual gift. Would you agree with that? How would you agree with that? Yeah? If you were to go back to chapter 12, in chapter number 12, there's a description of spiritual gifts and their usages or boundaries. And then in chapter 13, he begins to speak about submitting to the authority of God and chapter 14 where he says, because you are going to give an answer to God one day. Are you with me? So how, my question is this, how serious are we about that? How, how much do we really believe that? I mean, do we believe Romans chapter 14, verse number 12, like we would believe John chapter 3, verse 16? Do you believe them the same? Huh? How many of us know what John 3, 16 says? <laughs> right? And man, I mean, yeah, we got no problem with that. We hug that. Right? But Romans chapter 14, verse number 12 comes along and talks about you and I standing before God and giving an account to Him. And I think sometimes we shy away and maybe faulty, no, no, you know, God's gracious and God understands me. And, you know, God will, really? What Bible verse do you have for that? Let me in on that. I'm always looking for loopholes. That's not in the Scriptures, right? And so I think it's vitally important for us to know our spiritual gift. And then to cultivate that spiritual gift. And then to use that spiritual gift. And I'm going to close with another thought that's going to say something like this. God gave us that spiritual gift to benefit this body. Right? Now you might be able to use your gift down at work. Let's say you have the gift of teaching and so maybe you go to work and, and there's opportunity for you to, you know, put somebody underneath of your wing and, you know, uh, they're your apprentice or, you know, an intern and you have the ability to teach them. But God didn't give you the gift to teach for your workplace. He gave you the gift to teach for your church place. To use it here. You know, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm just, this is just overflow from the message this morning, talking about the body of Christ, and every member has a specific function, a specific responsibility in the church. And when we all function right, what happens? We have a healthy body. Right? We have a healthy body. And that's what we're trying to get everybody just doing what their part is, fulfilling their role. 
Because if, if, you, if you come to understand what your gift is, your role is, your function is, God will give you the ability to use it. And man, I'll tell you what, the church doesn't have any needs. Just doesn't have any needs. And so I want to give you a couple basic truths about spiritual gifts. And then I want to close up with this thought. Uh, how can I discover my spiritual gift? Right? I'll give you four tips on how to discover your spiritual gift. But let me, let me just give you some basic truth about spiritual gifts. Uh, just three, three quick things. The first thing is this. Every part belongs and has a reason for being in the body. This is overflow from this morning. Right? Look at chapter 12 again. Look at verse number 12. For as by one... Let's just go to verse 14. For the body is not one member, but but many, right? And so the idea then there is this, that every one of us as a, a particular part in the body has a reason to function. He says in verse 15, again, he's talking about the foot. Shall the foot say to the hand? So the hand and the foot are speaking. Do you ever have, do you ever play hand and foot? It's a card game they play in Florida. Isn't that what it's called, Jay? Hand and foot. I, I never played it. You know, um, it sounded too much like that hand, foot, and mouth disease, so I never played that, <laughs> that game, you know. And I have a tendency to put my foot in my mouth anyway, and so I didn't play hand and foot, you know. But uh, so anyway, the foot's talking to the hand, the hand's talking to the foot. They got dialogue going on here, verse number 15, you see it? And, and, so, and so the hand says, or the foot says, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, right? And, and you know, the, the, the hand said, what are, you, what are you talking about here, you know? Uh, you're, you're part of the body. Verse 16, if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not part of the body. Huh? No, you're part of the body. And what the, the dialogue is this, well, well, I guess I, I, you know, I don't have one of those special gifts, and so I'm not necessary. No, no, everyone is necessary. Amen. And the point being made here, again, is this. Every part belongs and has a reason for being in the body. Not only that, a second thought is this. Uh, every part needs the other parts. Every part needs the other parts. Think about your body for a second, right? And right now, think about a, an uncommon member of your body, right? Think about something that nobody sees and you don't give too much attention to until it causes you some problems. You thinking about a part of your body? Huh? How many of you think about your thyroid? I'm not even sure what a thyroid does, but I guarantee if I have problems with my thyroid, I'm going to have problems. Correct? Are you with me? I mentioned this morning that uh, I was standing over there singing, and all of a sudden both of my ears just clogged up. Did you ever try to sing or speak or preach with clogged ears? Man, I tell you, you can't get out of your own way. It's annoying, but that's happening right there. Now tonight, my ears are unclogged, and I'm thanking the Lord for unclogged ears. But it's amazing how, you know, every part affects another part. And here's, here's the truth of this. Now listen carefully. In the body of Christ, we don't think that way. We, we, don't, think we're, we don't feel we're important. I, don't, I mean, listen, John, I don't have to attend Outdoors Midnight for it to... It's going it's to go on without me. I don't have to be here for you know, uh, out, you know, our outreaches, it'll go on without me, right? There were people that weren't here this morning. Services went on. Uh, Brother and Mrs. Riddell weren't here this morning. They decided to sleep in. 
He was preaching to Port Norris this morning. His services went on. At least he told me he was preaching to Port Norris this morning. I'm not sure. But services went on without them. Are you, are you with me? But listen carefully. If, let me just pick on the Redells for a second. If, if they're members here in this church and God's gifted them and has, they have a special function, even though he's a retired pastor here, he's got a function because he's still here. And even though he missed this morning, we went on without him. It wouldn't be the same going forward without them. Because even though, and I said this this morning, Doc, at times we come to the place in our lives where our service becomes being faithful in attendance and encouraging others, right? And what we thank God is for is this, when we could do what we should have did, we did it. Did you get that? Because there's going to come a time in our lives where we can't do what we really want to do, and we look back and say, I'm glad I did it when I could. Because then if not, there's regrets. We don't want to have regrets. Are you with me? And so we've got to see, even though the church service goes on, without you being here, outdoorsman night goes on, grief share goes on, all these ministries go on, without you being there, in the long run, by you're not functioning, you will hurt this church in some way. You'll hurt this body in some way. I preached this morning with clogged ears. But I'll be honest with you, if I had to do that every Sunday, it'd be difficult. You can't monitor your own volume, and you can't get out of your own head, and everything just, you know. So I'm glad I don't have to. I'm glad they cleared out. My ears are working better. You remember Dan Parr? Dan Parr had cancer, lung cancer. He used to preach with an oxygen tank next to him on Sundays, you know, until the Lord took him home. Right? And so thank the Lord that we get to be a part and we get to be a functioning part. But we've got to see ourselves as important because the point is this, every part needs the other parts. And then thirdly, spiritual gifts contribute to the body. And what I mean by that is this, this body really can't be all that God wants it to be without you doing your part, without me doing my part. We have a gift given us by God, and we need to use it for His glory and honor. So spiritual, spiritual gifts contribute to the whole body. So now here's the question, and here's the Bible study. How can I discover my spiritual gift? How can I discover my spiritual gift? And there's, there's technique. There's technique. And I want to share four tips with you. You ready? Here's the first one. In order to discover your spiritual gift, you need to spend time in the Word of God. You need to spend time in the Word of God, plain and simple. Why is that? I'll tell you why that is. Because God, God in Scripture, begins to share with us what the gifts are. Let me, let me get you to write down a few Scriptures that speak about uh, spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure what my spiritual gifts, I'm not even sure where or what a spiritual gift is. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 will begin to list some of the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to us. Not only that, Romans chapter number 12, specifically verses 1 through 8, will begin to list spiritual gifts. Verses 10 on down, it begins to share the boundaries for operating those spiritual gifts. Um, Ephesians chapter number 4, verses 11 through 13, 
talks about spiritual gifts. In fact, Ephesians chapter number 4 basically speaks about gifted men that God gave to the church. Talks about, you know, the apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers. These are gifted men that God gives to the church so that those men might help the church to mature so that the church might do the work of the ministry. Yeah, it's in the book. So, how do I discover what my spiritual gift is? First and foremost, you need to get into the Bible. You need to begin to read the Bible and begin to read the passages on spiritual gifts. A second tip would be this. Spend time in prayer with the one who gives the gifts. And ask God, specifically ask the Lord to reveal to you what your spiritual gift is. Lord, would you show me what my spiritual gift is? I need to know. I want to cultivate it. I want to use it for your glory and honor. Right? When's the last time you spent some time in prayer and you said, Lord, I need to know what my spiritual gift is. I, I've been maybe using the wrong one. The one I've been, I, I say, Lord, I've been teaching the class, but I'll be honest with you. I struggle teaching it. I don't enjoy teaching it. And nobody ever gets anything from my lessons. You know what I might say to you? Maybe you don't have the gift to teach. Huh? Are you with me? Right? And so, Lord, what is my spiritual gift? Prayer. Here's another one, and this, this may sound a little odd, but I really do believe it's a help. Ask those who know you well. Ask those who know you well. You know, every once in a while somebody might come, come up to you and, and be an encouragement to you and, and, uh, and just maybe comment on something you do and do well. You know, uh, they may come along and say, man, you know what, you're, you're always so kind to, you know, people that seem to be down and out. Well, maybe you have the gift of mercy. You know, the gift of mercy is a spiritual gift. Huh? Uh, maybe they come along and they say to you, you know, you, you always find the right way to criticize me. <laughs> maybe you have the gift of criticism. That's not a spiritual gift. That's a gift you get at church. Hello? But sometimes the people that are closest to you have a way of pointing out things to you. Are you with me? i never forget this. My pastor said to me, this is a long time ago, I was serving with him, and I used to love to preach, but I hated people. <laughs> I mean, people annoyed me like you wouldn't believe. And i never forget this. One night we were in the auditorium, and I was over to the left hand. I was probably cleaning up something, and we were just jabbing back and forth. And he said, you know, I think God's going to make you a pastor. <laughs> I said, what? I'm a pastor. I want to preach. Because I like to tell people what to do. I don't rip them up. You don't rip their face off, you know. Get up and scream and shout and spit. And... No, he can make you a pastor. Ah, I said, I don't think so. He said, where do you spend, where do you spend most of your ministry time? And at that time, I was, I was personally, I was full-time, I was personally involved with three nursing home ministries a week. I would go to three different nursing home ministries a week, every single week of my life. And I would go to a rescue mission two times a week. So I was spending time every week of my life around broken people. And there was one place we used to go to. You remember, remember Penn Widows, Don? On Sunday afternoons, end of service, I would, I, me and my wife and sometimes me and my teenagers, we would go down to a place called Penn Widows. And Penn Widows was a, a widow retirement center. And I would, I, would, I would have Bible study with the widows. And then when my team would leave, I or me and my wife, we'd go back to the infirmary. 
and we'd visit with the widow women who were sick and couldn't get out uh, to the service, you know. And so my pastor said this to me. He said, as you perform your services this week, I want you to begin to look at things a little bit differently. And so the long story short was this. I began to see things through a different perspective, you know. And all of a sudden, like, I started to see the fact that I don't really hate people. You know, I really do care about people. I really do love people, you know. And it wasn't long after that, a year or so after that, where God called me into the pastorate. I was 27 years old, Doc, when I took my first church. 27. I'll never forget the couple who came in the office. They were in their 70s. Me and Donna were 28 at the time, and they wanted marriage counseling. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I'm 28, been married about two years. You're 70-something, married about 40-some years. If you haven't figured it out by now, I can't help you. But I was their pastor, you know, and they sat down, and I tried to pretend like I knew what I was doing. I was 27 or 8 years old. I had no clue what I was doing. I think I told them both to get divorced. It'd be easier that way. I don't remember exactly what I told them. But, but it's amazing how God will use other people in your life to point things out, huh? if you're serious about it, Right? And then finally, here's, a, here's another way. Serve. Get busy serving. Huh? Get busy serving. If you don't know what to do, come along and say, Pastor, I have some idle time on my hands. Where can you use me? Plug you in here. Put you in there. Right? I like what David said. David said this, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. You know? And so become one of, our, one of our greeters, one of our ushers. Get, get into the first touch ministry, you know. Go help out in youth ministry. Go, go help out with, I and mean, there's so many ways to get connected. And in service, you begin to, I don't know, you start to gra- you gravitate to things. And, man, I really like that, and I really enjoy that. And are you with me? And it's amazing how God then just begins to pinpoint what your spiritual gift is. Why is that? How does that work? Because... God loves you. He doesn't want you to spend the rest of your life doing something that's going to make you miserable. Right? I used to say this, and I'm not sure if I can say it anymore, Doc Riddell, but back when I was in the middle of my pastoring years, and I probably can say it now, I used to say this to my church. Even if I lost my voice and couldn't preach anymore, I would still want to pastor you. Because pastoring and preaching is two different things. Right? Pastoring is caring for people. You know, it's, it's loving people. It's just being there for people. And there's no greater joy. Don and I were out visiting some of our sick people this past week. There's no greater joy than when we leave their presence just to know that God used us to encourage them and, and, and lift their spirits a little bit and be a help to them. You know, and so even if I couldn't preach, I'd still want to pastor. I used to say that years ago. <laughs> now I like to say, even if I couldn't pastor, I still like to preach. <laughs> <laughs> it's pastoring wears out, you know. But it's, it's neat. When you are in, you know, the zone that God has designed for you, there's just great joy. I used to love singing that song, there's joy in serving Jesus. Joy, joy, joy that nothing can compare. Amen? But it comes with you and I finding out what our, our role is. Where, what, how am I to function? What's my spiritual gift? I want to know it. I want to cultivate it. I want to use it. For God's glory. Do you know your spiritual gift? Pastor, how can I find that out? Read the scriptures. Pray. Ask God. Speak to the people who know you the best. Get involved in service. Amen? 
And if you're really, really, really serious about it and you don't know, I'd be happy to help you with that. I have in my office, in one of my computers, I have in one of my files, I have what I call the spiritual gift test. It's 78 questions. And it's just, you know, um, circle, you know, color in the dot like a SAT test, you know. So how do you feel about this? And you, you know, and by the end of it, you know, you fill that all out, and then I, I have the answer sheet, you know. And if you got this many wrong, well, then, you know, you're a this. And if you got that many right, you're a this. And are you with me? Huh? And, uh, and it's just neat in order to figure that out. And once you know what it is, you say, wow, you know what? That really does fit me. Yeah, I, I can see that. And then you begin to use that for God's glory, and the rest is academic. Amen? If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.